In the Ring with Eusebius Marquesa. Eusebius Marquesa. Gender-based violence is a men's problem. Here is what we can do about it. This is an essay that I had written for timeslive.co.za and here is the audio edition of that essay. A well-known South African author told me a story of how him and his friends accidentally came to the realization that they were all implicated in rape culture. They went away for a boys' weekend, which they do annually, and on one of the evenings, someone told a story of having had sex with a woman who had initially, quote, played hard to get. He had worked on her apparent resistance by simply being relentless with his macking, and when they were alone, he slowly worked on getting her to physically give way to his bodily pressure, he had placed her under to let him kiss and penetrate her vaginally. They went around the circle and without a single exception, every man had a similar story to recount. Some of the men are married or in committed relationships and some of the shared stories had played out within marriage or other relationship types. The social context of the sharing had been one of light-hearted conversation. Locker room chatter moved to the bush for the weekend. But at some point during the sharing, there was a moment of unspoken collective reckoning, he told me, that in fact none of the women in each one of the shared stories had consented to sex. The intended fun of the sharing of macking stories gave way to awkward quiet. This story is fascinating on many levels. Firstly, it was only in our conversation that this author mentioned the word rape and the term rape culture. Yet these stories are straightforwardly stories of confessions of rape. A guy who confesses to penetrating a woman vaginally without her consent is not just telling an awkward story, but also simultaneously, and in the first instance, admitting to being a rapist. The language chosen, even when we think we are owning up, can be language that is designed to reduce legal and moral culpability. The full description of the circle of sharing that took place is that stories of rape were shared by men who are friends, and that these friends admitted to each other having raped someone else at least once. We are not aiming to titillate by framing it that plainly. It is important to be accurate simply as a matter of justice for victims and survivors. The full crime must be acknowledged. It is therefore important grammatically to use the active voice with a clear reference to a male agent who acted wrongly rather than using passive voice formations such as a sexual violation took place so that we describe the wrongdoer and the wrong before we reference the person who was harmed. Secondly, these are all, quote, decent men in this story. They are men who could easily be found online condemning rape and rape culture. They are dads who worry about their daughter's safety in a country with our infamously high numbers of sexual crimes. Some are even fluent in the grammar of feminism. In other words, these confessions of rape demonstrate 
that we should know, but we don't want to remind ourselves that all men are capable of attacking someone else. There's no template for who can be a rapist. It is false to think that only poor men or working class men or formerly uneducated men or men working on construction sites are misogynists. Even men in suits who sound like allies in the fight for gender justice could be perpetrators of violence against women. No men are inherently incapable of violence. Thirdly, the author's story underlines our collective culpable silence as men. The confessions didn't lead to self-examination, self-rebuke, or collective mutual accountability between the friends. The confessions led to sheer awkward silence. It was a missed opportunity. One of the hardest things to do when working with boys and men is to first build a so-called safety container, that is, a psychological space within which honest, vulnerable, and productive conversation can happen and healing work can be done using various technologies. Men are scared of the consequences of owning up. After all, a rape confession is a confession to have committed a crime. But here you had lifelong friends who love each other safely away for the weekend from anyone who could hear them and still they ended the stories wistfully rather than directing them towards questions of accountability and future-oriented behavior-related themes. And I get it. It's easier to write an essay that puts boys and men on trial ethically than it is to work with boys and men to help shift harmful beliefs, attitudes and values and also to change behavior. If we want boys and men to be less of a threat to themselves, to other boys and men and to the rest of the human population, then we will need to use a complex set of tools to get us to where we need to go. Blunt legal instruments, especially in a country with ineffectual policing and low conviction rates, will not make society safer. The root issues, eliminating the countless unhealthy masculinities that are present in our communities and the associated harmful cultural norms must be tackled. This takes time, patience, and multiple psychosocial strategies and partnerships. There is no magic wand we can use to get us to where we need to be. Lastly, when opportunities are created by activists or specialists or organizations who work in these areas, men should sign up enthusiastically. There are several reasons why. For one thing, All of us are works in progress, including men who take up leadership roles at camps and within fora that discuss these topics. You do not need to be an exemplar of gender justice before you get involved. Unlearning the norms we were taught and role modeled by other men is hard work. And so be rest assured that all men, myself included, have work to do on ourselves. Your ethical lapses do not make you an anomaly, but it is your choice and responsibility 
to chip away at the toxicity rather than to move through the world with all your toxicity intact. Eliminating harmful masculinities is therefore not just about making the world a safer place for women. To be clear, that is a good enough goal and sufficient reason. But it is also liberating for us men to let go of ridiculous expectations of what it means to be a real man or a strong man. We owe it to ourselves to become more fully human. Tackling toxic masculinities benefits all of us in the end. It is not an anti-male agenda. A good practical starting point is for us men to learn the basics of emotional literacy. Kiss your son goodnight or tell your male bestie that you love them. Give yourself permission to cry when sad and to say you are not okay when you are not okay. Developing healthy masculinities start with the basics such as holding space for boys and men not to pretend to be heroes.